0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle. Howdy. He's here. We're live. We're going. Another episode leading into a huge, huge game this Sunday afternoon against the Buffalo Bandits.
1: 3 o'clock start in Rock City, a.k.a. Scotiabank Arena. Um... And my apologies for this getting out so late. This is on me. Just a busy week.
0: That's all right. We got Sunday game here. People still got a couple days to listen to the show before the game.
1: Saturday afternoon, tune it in. Yeah, you know, get dialed in for the for the next game. But I do apologize. I got to be better, so we'll we'll get it locked in nice and early next week. My promise. <laughs> all right. Uh, so
0: before we get, what do we want to do first? We want to talk. Let's about, recap. Yeah, let's, 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 let's recap, recap the Halifax, Halifax game. game. And, uh, you know, a convincing win by the Rock. The score closer than the game, I think. Um, you know, an 11-5 lead in the third quarter. Just what? a just a great game. And the game plan, like, I had the opportunity to sit in on a bit of the uh, offensive video session in the morning uh, with the team. And I have to say that things, you know, seem to be executed pretty well uh, in terms of uh, some of the prep and, and some of the insight that they gave to the offense. And, and it seemed like you could – really pinpoint some uh, success that the Rock had as a result of that in in the game. And um, this, again, was a, a beaten up group. You know, make no bones about it. And they're missing Dan Craig, who had personal commitments. He, he couldn't play this past week. And they come out on top and beat the Halifax Thunderbirds, who hadn't been beaten by anybody all year.
1: This is the blueprint of you know, who we thought the Rock were. I'll say it over and over and over again. Their athleticism on defense, Sean, in this game, obviously they were rewarded, I think, with five transition goals. But uh, more importantly, I just felt the pressure, the extended pressure on, you know, less athletic offensive players. I I, I just felt like the ball was on the ground and the offensive players from Halifax were uncomfortable all night. And I think it it dictated the game. And guys like Damon Edwards and, uh, you know, Brock and Dominic, these guys got out running, but it was all because the ball was on the ground, and I thought when they needed those big saves from Nick, they got him. We'll talk a little bit about him afterward, but I thought another game he outplayed his counterpart at the other end, who I thought was pretty good. I thought uh, Warren Hill played a good game. He's he's had a great start to the season, a relative unknown in, in the NLL world, uh, but has certainly come a long way, and I think was a great goalie. But anyway, I thought Rosie outplayed him, and I thought that our defensive group did what they should be doing every night, and, and uh, it's going to be rare that an offensive group can come into this this building and be more athletic than our guys. So uh, the the defense shouldered the load and dictated pace, and then the offense played just a perfect game, being a little bit banged up. I thought Dawson, uh, Dawson played really well, getting them going early, and then Robbie uh, w- with a real beauty late. And I just thought generally they played the game they had to play. They didn't risk too much. Um, they got off the floor. They didn't get run on. So all these great things and a team win. And like you said, the score was probably closer than it should have been. So I felt like the Rock sent a good, clear message to the rest of the league that even without two of our horses, uh, we're still a, uh, we're a team to be reckoned with. So, you know, and the great thing about this league is all it does is give them another opportunity to do it again this weekend because all that is probably for naught if they come in and lay an egg against Buffalo. That's just the way these leagues are. So hopefully – um, this is just more of a case of the Rock finding out who they are and really, like you said, uh, playing the way they're probably game-planned to do so, and I thought they dominated from start to finish. I do want to mention Adam
0: Sugar J oh, as great well goal. because That's right. yeah. this is two home games in a row where he's kind of gone down and created a goal out of nothing. I mean that ball's rolling down great the boards play. and it looks like it's a chance where it's going to get away from him and there's just going to be an over and back call there but
1: or he jumps into the bench and lets an no old guy yeah, pick
0: it up. But he just kind of plays it and then boom straight across again and uh and gets one very similar to the goal that he scored against uh rochester on january 11th where he goes into the corner wins that battle (coughs) excuse me with paul dawson and goes out in front and scores and i thought aggressive uh, yeah and momentum momentum that started i think what was uh, a four goal run or the second goal of a four goal run i think there in the second quarter in the game uh this past week it was uh you know i think sometimes adam jay gets a little bit lost back there and and we got to give him some props. He, he's, he's done been great. some good things this year.
1: He has. And, and uh, I mean, we could go through the list and, and identify one great play by all of them. And this is a group that, you know, as a reminder to everybody, is missing a super athletic, skilled, lanky guy in Brock Sorensen. I mean, you just imagine what this could be. So, uh, you know, really impressed, really impressed with this win. The crowd was pumping. It was good to see a good crowd back in that building. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I had to watch it on, on TV later. Uh, But it seemed like the energy was back. The fight was great. Uh, Burns doing what he had to do. Uh, Again, all these, like you say, these hustle plays, these things kind of show that emotion that I think maybe we thought was lacking in game one. Since then, I believe it's been there. They've been a different team. They've played hard in every game. And I think uh, I I thought this was a nice message sent. And like I said, they just get another opportunity to to do it to another great team in their division this weekend. So, you know, they probably won't spend the week, Patting themselves on the back, they'll be focusing on on Buffalo. And you know, I got to say, if this if this continues from Rose, and I will say this has been his best stretch as a Rock, the most consistent stretch he's had. If if this can keep up, a lot of those questions I hope will dissipate as things move on. And then you, the addition of of your star players only makes this group better. So a lot of good things happening. It was a great game. Uh, it was a great game for the Rock.
0: So a few other things I want to quickly touch on. Uh, you talked about Nick Rose there doing some math before he, uh, he had an interview Thursday night on Fan 590, just chatting about the game coming up. But one of the things I, I drew out to send some talking points to them, but uh, Rosie has now started 62 consecutive games in the Toronto Rock goal. No kidding. And he has, he has started every single game under – head coach Matt Sawyer in the three-plus seasons into the fourth year here. But Rosie started 62 games in a row. And you you talk about stats, too, was, you know, he isn't at the top. He's not at the bottom. He's about seventh or eighth in the important stats, the goals against and the save percentage. But those numbers, though, right now are numbers that would have been at the top. And, and hopefully they – hopefully Rosie can – you know maintain this for the whole season but he has you know a sub 10 goals against average 9.67 i think it is and an 809 save percentage right now so when you're over 80 percent and under 10 like those are like we talk about giving your team a chance to win every night that's that's almost even better than just giving your team a chance to win every night that's that's putting your team in real real good shape if you can carry that out stop you know basically 81% 80% of the shots and be letting in less than 10 i mean
1: well that leads to the one stat that ultimately matters for a goaltender wins. and that gets wins <laughs> yes. i mean that to me you know as impressive as those are the only stat that matters is winning and you know it, I, we can go through the list over and over again sometimes you win a game you have to make 64 saves sometimes you win a game you got to make 38 but four in the last yeah. minute like you never know how those wins come. They're always different, and uh, it, it's the same with star players. You know, hundred points is a hundred points, but the star player that you know, the star players are the ones that get you those goals when you need them, make those plays when you need them. When we talked about this at nauseum with Robbie last week, I believe stats are stats, but anybody who knows anything about sports is, you know, some are fluff stats and some are the real thing, and some, uh, you know, you can't really keep track of. And I don't. There's no such thing as a goalie stat of when these saves are made. You know, immediately after you score a goal, can you shut the door for the next two minutes? Can you stop a three-goal run from being a five-goal run? All those things that we talked about. He seems to be doing a great job of it. Uh, You know, aside from game one where I thought he let some, you know, questionable goals in at the wrong times. Yep. He wasn't horrible that game by any stretch. He has made the saves we needed. Uh, We did give up some opportunities in this game, I thought some good ones, and he made those saves. So what more do you want? You know, because of all the questions that I hear about him, I don't suspect these are going away anytime soon. He'll have to win a championship. You know, we've said it. So the tr- it's trending in the right direction. Kudos to him. He's been a big part of the reason why the Rock have had some success here, uh, especially through these tough times with injuries. So give him his due. Don't chalk it up to anything more than that. It's He's played well. He's got work to do. Um, I thought, again, the defense was spectacular. This is who I want them to be over and over again. And the offense is playing great without some of their horses, and as we get those guys back, we suspect that it'll only get better. But the one question I have with, with with Robbie now being that alpha, you know, and I can't leave this alone. When everybody's back, does it stay that way? You know what I mean.
0: It will be more difficult. Sure, it will. That's, but that's has, has, could mean.
1: this be a blessing in disguise, or, or does it completely get flipped on its? you know, flipped on its ass when, when everybody's back. I don't know the answer to the question. It's, it'll be fascinating to watch because Robbie has taken the reins. He's the main ball handler. Uh, he's always making things. And Dawson played great, but I think even Dan would tell you, like, this is Robbie's team right now. You know, I, I will create on my own. I will I will earn some chances off of what he's doing. And the lefties will tell you the same thing. It's his, it's his ability to get to the net that's making a lot of things happen. So it'll be interesting to see this thing out because, obviously, Adam doesn't demand as much of the ball. He's kind of a catch-and-shoot finish guy. But, you know, uh, I think meshing everybody back in will still be a challenge. But, again, I believe they'll get through it. So, uh, I guess food for thought as we move forward.
0: Yeah, I thought Robbie definitely played that game last week with, a, a. to me anyways, a different level of confidence. Absolutely. Maybe sometimes, you know, you sit here and we do these interviews with these guys and, you know, we talk about the upcoming games and things that, you know, that, you know, we'd like to see happen, I guess you could say. And then when you kind of see some of that play out, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's happening kind of thing. And and, and, and some of those times after we do these interviews, you pay, to me, I pay closer attention to certain guys in certain situations and stuff like that. So it's interesting to track. So bottom line, listen to the podcast and then watch the game. That's right. But um, in terms of some youthful exuberance and that energy and that buzz that you talked about too. I think Scott Domini also continues to supply that. And just a quick touch on him. We don't have to get too far into him, but his post-game comments, I don't know if you watched the video or not. not, but he, he just like, it was great because, you know, he said, all he was talking about was, you know what? I can't wait to get back to the arena next weekend and beat the bandits. You know, and he was talking about that. And he said, you know, we owe the fans in rock city, a win because we lost to them last time down there. And it's just sometimes when the guys start to talk that talk, and, and I know it's only talk right now, but it just – some of these young guys, I think they're so excited. It's new. They're playing for the Toronto Rock, and, and I think that's carrying over. Like you see when Scott Dominey scores a goal, how excited and how passionate well, he is. Well, the stare down was a bit and,
1: much after his second goal. Down. That wasn't much for that. But anyway, that's not take away <laughs> – he had a game like this last year where he just yeah. jumped off the page.
0: That was his. He played one game last year. He scored that breakaway transition goal yeah. and and I remember saying we talked down. about yeah. it.
1: The ball follows him around like he. Yeah. He's a he's a hound and man can he run? He's got great finish. I he was a he was a great insertion. It was a perfect spot for him to play. Uh, loved his energy. This team. I want more of that. I want this to be consistent because I, I don't want I don't want that spot to go to anybody else. I think he's. Perfect do you remember for it. a
0: guy who used to kind of do that once in a while back in the day?
1: Well, don't ask me that because I, I got a lot of flack for not remembering Boomer on the twenty eleven <laughs> team. Don't <laughs> no, think I didn't hear about that. I mean, I like back, back,
0: that. back in the day, the early days, some guy who maybe like you know just bust out of the back end like a like he was shot out of a cannon and go down and score a goal.
1: Stevie Toll. Hey, there you go. He is similar to Stevie. Uh, yes. Stevie had great oh. finish. Uh, but that energy and those goals are so big. I, he was He's great to watch. I, when he's wheeling like that, uh, Dominic, uh, he was great. I, I don't know what else to say. Like I said, he was just all over the play. Yeah. And I hope we see more of that. And this was his – how many games has he played this year?
0: Uh, I want to say four out of the I want to say
1: four, too. And I feel like maybe just for whatever reason, the position he was put in, maybe it was the opponent. I don't know what it was. But him out of the back door – uh, on the loose ball and up, was uh, he is something like that. I mean, this is – I mean, he's no joke. Is he not a two-time MVP of the uh, Canadian field or the Ontario field Across league? It, it, uh, and it, we're, we want to interview him. I know he's yeah, upcoming. Do. I don't want to spoil everything. He's
0: got everything. a lot of other interesting stuff going on too. Yeah, yeah we, so we gotta
1: he's, get... he's on our interview list for sure, so we'll get him in here. Yeah. But I, I thought uh, – yeah, I was impressed with him as I was that game last year. So let's get more of that.
0: And – Let's move on from that game. Yeah, let, let's uh, – it was a great game. Awesome game. Hopefully we carry that over into Sunday. But we do quickly want to talk as well about uh, something we teased a little bit at the end of the uh, last week's show was everything going on down in Vegas and the tournament. Yeah. You were involved coaching. Had the
1: tournament. It was great. We won't we won't dwell on that. But there was a lot of U.S. Uh, kids there playing box across, which is always fantastic to see. But – Ultimately, it was all built around this this game in Vegas, the Seals and the Mammoth, and it was neat, kind of just being around Vegas and running into lacrosse people from home or from different walks of life that I'd known th- through wherever or whenever. But it was really, uh, it was really a neat atmosphere building up because you'd see people at casinos, you'd see people out for dinner. There was a lot of lacrosse swag around, so that was cool. But then the game itself, the arena was 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 perfect for a lacrosse game. Uh, you know, a mid-sized venue. It was in an older casino, the Orleans Casino. Yep. So the the rink itself had an older vibe to it, like uh, kind of like the uh, War Memorial down at uh, in <laughs> Rochester, which I've always yeah. liked. Um, but the game was, was great, and I, I alluded to this off air, but a lot of the people that were there for the, were there for this box tournament, uh, or they were from Orangeville, evidently one of the two, because I ran into a million Orangeville people. But <laughs> these kids that are into box across now down there and, and love it, they don't have access to the NLL, so for a lot of them this is the first time they'd ever seen it. So the buzz on Sunday and the you know and speaking with parents and kids, they truly love the game, and uh, you know I thought the seals put on a great show. Obviously all the things that we're so used to the dance show the music all the things that seem so Vegas were done in spectacular fashion and again the seals scored some beautiful goals uh, got the people out of their seats a lot you know if you could put seven or eight thousand people in a venue like that in Vegas it would be it would be a spot to certainly look at it was it was really cool the town itself you know really made it worthwhile like Vegas is such a neat place to be you know it'd be it'd be hard to believe that you know fans wouldn't follow their team there once a year uh, yeah. to make a weekend out of it I think the destination concept makes sense uh, if you can get somewhat of a, a smaller Vegas following of the local group uh, it would be it would be neat to see but the seals did a great job putting it on and and like I said everybody was talking about the game the next day there was a lot of buzz obviously for us that are so ingrained in this we we know but when this is new to people they really get enamored by it so it was great it was really happy to see it
0: yeah, it's a it's a pretty decent building though. I think ninety five hundred seats that Orleans yeah. uh, Arena, and uh, yeah, like you say, it is. It's it's off the Strip. It's a bit of an older casino for sure, but I think uh, I was actually when I was out there this summer, I was actually at that arena for another event and. Uh, it's funny when we were out there, I said, wow, this would be perfect maybe for the NLL. It's about the right size. They've got some suites up on like a second level and that. So could be interesting. And whether or not that would be the home of a Vegas team, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. maybe, yes, maybe no, but it. Uh, yeah. Like they. I I think the IHL old hockey team, the Las Vegas Wranglers, maybe I think they were. I think they played out, out of that rink. At Orleans. Yeah. The
1: hockey team plays out of there. You know the the they were a little unprepared for a few things. Obviously, like the will call line was massive, and yeah. it probably took till the end of the first quarter to get everybody in there. Uh, you know, beer lines were excessively long. There was only a few beer vendors. Obviously, at a lacrosse game, you know that you know that's a big part of it. Is people, yeah, you know. But it, little kinks here and there, obviously, yeah. are easy to t- tweak. But you know, I left saying this is a pretty neat venue. This would be great for the NLL. So. We shall see. Obviously, we're going to get a chance to talk to Jamie, hear his thoughts on it. But uh, it would be a—it's a neat spot. And like I said, who wouldn't want to go? Uh, who wouldn't want to go once here if you could? If you could get out there to see, and then to, to put a rock game on it, it would be like the cherry on top for for me anyway. It'd be really neat. So it was a lot of fun. It was a great box across weekend. It was a really good vibe. And uh, like I said, I'm glad I got to go see it.
0: Beauty. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll talk to Jamie in a moment, and then in the back half of the show, there's uh, we'll obviously tee up the game against the bandits, and also I want to chat quickly with you about a little topic that came up on Twitter this week that got a little uh, traction that was thrown out there. So we'll we'll You're chat su- about
1: that. Are you surprising me with this?
0: Well by the time we hit record it won't be a surprise okay <laughs> but uh anyways we will take a short break here and then we will return with the boss jamie dowick will be in the studio stay with us Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, along with Colin Doyle, we now welcome in studio our guest this week, Toronto Rock Owner, President, and General Manager, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm okay, thanks.
0: Good
1: to have you back on the show.
2: Good to be back.
0: So it was a uh, pretty busy last week in terms of the National Lacrosse League, Uh, everybody gathering in Vegas. There was the game on Saturday night in Vegas, which... uh, Obviously, you weren't at since we played on Friday, but uh, we'll talk a bit about that in a moment. But the uh, Board of Governors meetings, updates, NLL Business Summit, uh, everybody saw quite a bit of that, I think, probably on the NLL social. But what did uh, what did you take away from the, the meetings down there, and uh, what can you share with us that well, went down? Well,
2: I, I think the meetings were good. They, they had their first uh, NLL Business Summit, which a, a lot of the teams had a lot of their uh, – kind of leading staff members in different departments down there and 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 that was pretty neat to see i i I think it started something good there and uh and then yeah uh full day of board meetings you know um nothing too exciting that i can share with you that you guys might not already hear or or whatever but um productive and uh you know there was a lot of buzz obviously in town with the game uh coming on the weekend there so obviously I came back into town for our game but um, no it was a good time good meetings um, good to be home
0: what are your thoughts on Vegas as a potential market here for the National Lacrosse League being that there are obviously more pro sports starting to make the move to uh, Vegas with the NHL and the NFL
2: yeah I I think our game is made for Las Vegas like I really I really do music fast-paced action uh, I, I think it's a great market, and and obviously one that uh, has has some definite interest on both ends, and and ho- I, I'm hoping it comes comes to fruition because uh, I, I do think it would be a great place for a team. Uh,
1: coming out of the meetings, is there still a ton of uh, focus on expansion?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Nick said uh, they want we want to get to 16 teams by uh, I believe 2023. So, you know, I think you do the math i think that would be one a year over the next three years or you know get to three. we, we need three more so um you know I, that that is a key focus of of the office and uh and they're working hard at that
1: i unfortunately had to miss the game friday but i got to watch it monday night when i had some time it looked like uh the place was buzzing good crowd real dominating win from a, a real banged up team i think you'd uh you must be proud on a few accounts to see the place uh kind of looking full again and uh seem to be a great atmosphere tell us a bit about uh tell us a bit about your take on Friday's game
2: yeah I mean started with a great crowd lower bowl was pretty full I think we we're almost about eleven thousand so that was by far our uh biggest crowd of the year you could there was there was a buzz in there I mean we had a six and0 team coming into our building and you know they were making a little noise and and uh, you know they had a lot of fans there too so i felt like there was a buzz in the building right away and um you know i thought we came we showed up um and, and we kind of followed our game plan to i don't want to say perfection but we that, that that was the plan and it's kind of nice to see when when you plan something out and it, and it comes through but you know a lot of guys a lot of guy, inexperienced guys in the lineup no excuses i mean uh you know, yeah, we've got some crucial injuries to our team, but um, it, it doesn't change what we want to do. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta find a way, and the next guy up's got to do his job, and other guys got to step up, and and that's what happened on the weekend. So, um, you know, it's gonna be more 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 of the same this weekend. We'll get Dan Craig back from his he had a one week thing he couldn't get out of, so it'll be nice to get him back. But uh, you know, more of the same as far as the lineup goes, and and uh, you know we'll come in ready to go here on Sunday.
1: Mike and I talked about this earlier uh, but get your take on it. Uh, I've got to say aside from game one uh, and some could argue he was even good in that but Nick has uh, wrote Nick Rose has given you guys a tremendous start of the season. Uh, I, by, by my take has outplayed everybody in the other net except for maybe Jameson in game one but uh, that's got to be pretty comforting and uh, I know we talked off air about you know how tough it is because you want to get hutchy you want to get him uh, you know acclimated you wanted to get him some minutes but nick's just playing so darn well uh tell us a bit about uh, your take on rosie
2: yeah, it's just more of the same for rosie right like he's just uh he's just a consistent and um you know if you really look back on it he has been for a long time here i mean i, I do think he's playing as well as he has you know consistently over a stretch right now but i mean that, that's what rosie does and uh you know, he's always up Yeah, He never has the top stats, but he's always up there in the, you know, top five guaranteed, and, and Rosie gives us a chance to win every night. And I, I'd agree with you. I think, you know, I know the New England game, there would be a few he probably want back, but for the most part, I think Rosie's been really solid for us this year and at, at times great.
1: Yeah, I think uh, this is probably, by my uh, recollection, the best stretch he's put together. I would yep. say most consistent. And like I said, it, and I, I neglected to say Vino and down in Buffalo. I thought he was outstanding in that game. But Nick played as well as him, just didn't outplay him. But anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty comforting as a fan to see that. And I think, you know, of all the other things this game demonstrated, who I think myself and a lot of people think The Rock are, you know, that potent offense is kind of on the shelf with a few guys missing, but this athletic defense, that really pushed the pace. And I looked at the stats and I don't think they reflected it uh, perfectly. We can talk to the stat man about that, but I felt like our athleticism on defense put the ball on the ground a ton and a lot of discomfort. uh, You know, I've been kind of preaching on this for a while, but it felt like it really made the Rochester offense uncomfortable. And there was a lot of balls on the ground and a lot of those ended up in the back of their net. So, you know, I don't even know what I want you to say on this, but I feel like that's the defense I think they are.
2: and to me that's that's that, that's <laughs> you win from the back end out, like yeah, you need to have an offense that can put the ball in the net and have a good power play and all these things and and um but it starts with goaltending and well, your defense and then goaltending. I mean, that's where it starts and and I I agree with you and and you know, I think the defense has been pretty good this year. You know that—that's what I want to see on a consistent basis because we were, we were, we were on them, and we didn't make it comfortable for them and let them set it. And and we got a lot of turnovers off that. That you know created chances and, and goals in transition for us, and that's taking advantage of our our talent, skill. You know, talent of our players. I yeah. think so. I agree with you.
0: Well, and I think you have to look at just the price some of these guys are paying defensively that I think has to be a good rallying point for the team as well, where you look at Brad Cree and, and Damon Edwards, the number of shots that he soaked in that game. Six, he says. Yeah. <laughs> he was <great. laughs> like, I was, was great. I was like,
2: talking to Jake. And Damon scored. Yeah, right? Damon, like, was, a beauty. Damon yeah. was great. Was he talking, was great. I was talking to Jake last night, and he says, uh, you know, da- Damon's at school with teachers teaches at their school, and uh, – he says he blocked six shots. Jake goes, "How do you know you blocked six shots?" And he says, "I have six ball marks on my body, you know, like just count them after the game. Not, not keeping track. No, he was great. He was great, and uh, you know, it was a little more importance on those veteran guys when you're trotting out a lot of inexperienced guys out the back door, and and not just Damon, but Brad Cree, and, that, you know, oh, Billy, our, our veteran guys.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, to to kind of." blow your tires a bit here Uh, from a GM perspective if you look at the importance of the three uh, the three personnel that were brought in this year if you look at and and he goes kind of unnoticed but I noticed in this game Dave Brock was spectacular but if you look at Brocky Dawson and Manns uh, the importance now, especially now, you know, Zach has stepped into a, a larger role because of injury, and he's done it immediately and done a pretty good job of it. You know, Dawson's been, you know, nothing short of spectacular for this team. And I think Davy Brock out the back door. So those three pieces kind of, uh, and it never works this way. It doesn't always work this way. You, you envision that these three players plug in roles. But for them to do so so seamlessly and so well, I think it it really showed out in this game because they all had to probably step into bigger roles than they were expected at the start of the year with the injuries. So, uh, kudos kudos to those three and kudos, I guess, to the GM for bringing those guys in and for it actually working.
2: Well, it's uh, they've all been great additions to our team and they've all fit in real well for different reasons. And and um, yeah, I agree with you. I thought all three of them last game obviously were were. Uh, I know Zach didn't score, but he, he was making some great plays. Uh, you know, like you said, we're asking him to do things maybe we wouldn't have if if everyone was back. So it's been great. Brocky's been playing better as the season's been going on, and you're right, Dan's Dan's been great on and off the floor since the moment we brought him in here. And uh, you know, we're excited. We're a focused group. You know, this is we got we got a real good room down there, real good mix. Those guys all like not just on the floor, but. You know, real good mixes in that in that room, and and uh, good good family atmosphere in there. You know, guys playing for guys, and, and you know you know how that goes for you.
1: And you got a battle here on Sunday. There's a lot at stake. Obviously, it's the Bandits at home, and that goes without saying. It's a huge rivalry, but uh, you
2: know you don't want to
1: lose that second game of the three game series. And uh, there's probably a lot at stake. So hopefully, some of the guys are back. You said Krager's back. We don't know about the other two. We'll wait and see, or maybe they're not. But Either way, this is a massive game. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope the crowd uh, responds the way they should. And, again, I won't be able to be there, but I'll be, we'll be tuned in here while we run our Junior Rock League for sure. Everybody will be keeping us up to press. We'll, we'll, we'll put the screens on. It'll be a good vibe here, all these Rock fans playing in the Junior Rock League and watching this game. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I hope nothing changes. They play like that again. I would suspect good things happening.
0: Was that you wrapping up the interview? Do <laughs> Yeah,
1: I'm done. Well, well, hang on. I I, that, I that's like, wrapping up my okay. <laughs> that's wrapping up my lacrosse questions. I asked oh, more than I wanted. I, to. Can
0: I ask just about Reed Reinhold and what he's kind of shaping into here? Because there was a time, obviously, where we didn't expect him to be around this year at all. He's back, and I think the last game kind of scored a Reed Reinhold goal, kind of attacking from the corner there, and and. Coming across the net, and we got to see his patented celebration afterwards, which I had missed—the little quick arm pump. What is he developing into? The, so, like for this team, because it's kind of been this little extra present that's fallen from the sky here. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all kind of worked out. I mean, listen, we, we we're big Reed Ryanhol fans on this team. We have been for a long time. He he's been a real good player from us from day one coming in here. Um, this year, with moving back to Vancouver and and a new job, it it, it just wasn't going to work. Um, you know, when Jonesy got hurt, some things started to change a little bit at work for him, and so now that wasn't as much of an issue. You know, now it was more just he was in Vancouver, and you know, like I said, we we were we were missing Jonesy, so that started the conversation. Um, yeah classic reader goal last week I mean it was great to see I he's played three games in the last probably close to two years yeah (laughs) he so you know he he, I think for a guy that you know is flying across and a lot of guys fly across the country in this league but a guy that's flying across the country not really practicing with us right now and you know just jumping into an NLL game that's not an easy task and I think he's done a real good job and and you know he's loved in our room He, he he the this wasn't it was none of these things reader was a great team is a great teammate and always has been and and a lot of good friends in our room so it's really been quite seamless to be honest with you and and I was really happy for him that he scored because you know as the games go on I'm sure yeah if we're winning I know that first and foremost to him is is the the most important thing but you know, Doyle, you know he you know, as an offensive guy, you wanna you wanna feel like you're contributing and so it was good to see and, and I, I like the fist bump too. It's uh <laughs> Well that's a good one.
0: This leads me to my next question. Competition on the left side. Jonesy's out of the lineup right now. When he's healthy, you're gonna have five guys there. What are you gonna be keeping an eye on here over the next couple of games, you know, if Jonesy's still out to that's gonna determine, you know
1: he, He'll defer to the coach.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, but listen, the reality is that that's a good problem to have, right? Like that's that, a championship problem. That'll be a that'll be a good problem to have, where we've got five healthy lefts and we've got to make some decisions. And and um, you know, Reed still does have a bit of work potential conflicts the rest of the way here. So um, yeah, I always say he can't have too much, um, especially talking from a guy that's got all pretty well his whole practice roster on his active roster right now like uh you know so we don't think about that really right. they'll 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 determine who who's out there and 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 um like i said good problem to have
1: what uh where's the best spot to play cards in Vegas? <laughs> You know this place better than you Lacrosse know anybody talk I know. Over. All right, you know Jamie. We were talking a little bit off air. I was picking your brain a little bit. It's Vegas is a town. I spent some time there this weekend. It's a town that it seems like you got to know what to do and where to go. If you go in blind, it's just so overwhelming. Did you play cards? Anyway? I didn't. Not one dime.
2: No. You were I, busy. It's probably good thing Stasis there, probably, Yeah, so
1: everybody's happy. Let's yeah. get that out of the way. <laughs> but yeah, uh, where is the best place to play cards? Where's the best place to eat? Well, I soul? mean,
2: uh, you know, cards wise, I'm I'm still kind of old school. And if we're talking poker, yeah, you know, I I think the Bellagio is still kind of the spot for me. They they run good poker tournaments there, and and they got a great poker room, and and uh, you know, great for cash games too. So I'm kind of partial to about the area. Uh, you know what? I to thought. be funny enough, yeah, I've never been in aria i, never, I know i've it, never set foot in there i know either, it's actually. become it's, the new spot and whatever yeah. and, and now my hotel i stay at is the cosmo right beside yeah. it but I've, I've never been in it i'm i'm kind of a bit of creature of habit you know obviously gamble some usually where where i stay play some blackjack and you know poker games on the tables and things like that but you know restaurants my old, my old spot used to be, uh, they used to have the Tappanyaki place at Caesars, and it was like a guarantee staple every time, always. You know, cat, I remember going with Kat there 20 years ago. Like, that's gone. Nobu at Caesars is, is a spot I quite enjoy, um, you know, like to hit that. And, you know, Loft taught me a sneaky uh, little uh, pizza spot. This you find all these neat little places, right? So he showed me this pizza spot. This is the hidden one. This is, is the hidden yeah, pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. spot at the Cosmopolitan, yeah. and there's no real signs to it. And you walk down this hall of of record labels, and you yeah. get in there, and that's just great pizza. So you know, like, I, See, there you go. I, I did it once. I thought this was good. I think I hit it three or four times <laughs> over the couple of days. Like, just so um great town great i I honestly i think a great fit for for our game i think it just screams vegas you know the way that town is it's it's a lot of fun and i know you and i talked we're gonna go we're gonna it'll happen maybe i'll get you down there for the world series of poker this summer
1: that'd be nice
2: sell a few more field turfs and then uh you'll be all in there you go (laughs) done did
1: you lose any money? Did you win any money? Did you I, I play can't. Any you know what?
2: I played really only the first day and got up a couple.
1: Okay, all right.
2: I got up a little bit and I, I came home with more money than I went with, and and uh, you know spent a little along the way. So it was. Uh, whenever you do that, you got to be happy with Vegas.
1: That's right. And Mike and I talked about it earlier, but uh, the arena was a cool spot to see a game, and. Uh, I got to take it in. It looked like uh, I ran into more people from Orangeville than I had expected. Yeah, it was in Orangeville. Oh, <laughs> little and or I Did you see Rosie? I did. <laughs> I did see Rosie this weekend, and, uh, yeah, it was a little old Vegas this weekend. Yeah. So that's uh, it, br- it made the lacrosse world super small because uh, there was a lot of people from home in yeah. Vegas, and we ran into a lot of old people that I hadn't seen in years that just happened to be there, either taking it in for the weekend or people that are living near Vegas now. So it was pretty neat to see. I'm with you. I'd love to see it happen.
2: Well, it's just a great destination. Like, it's a place where, as a visiting team, you would go and watch your team play because you can make a couple-day vacation out of it, see your team play in Vegas. It would be a great fit. So uh, it looked good. Once the crowd filled in quite nice, it looked like I uh, watched the game on uh, BR Live, and, and it looked like it was a pretty good performance there, and obviously the Seals, uh, Seals played well. Seals played well. So uh, I think it was a thumbs-up for me.
1: Okay. We good, Doily? It's good. Thanks for coming on, boss. All right.
0: Okay, Jamie, good luck this weekend. Thanks a lot for doing this. We'll do it again soon.
2: Big one. Let's go. All
0: right. That was Jamie Dowick, owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break and be back to wrap it up in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle here to wrap things up. And Doyle will jump right into it. Something that popped up on Twitter this week. Brian Shanahan threw out uh, basically just a question to get some conversation started about the importance of faceoffs in the game. And whether or not it's an overrated stat, basically, because we saw Jake Withers win adjusted final stats. I believe we're 21 out of
1: 23 against us. And we dominate the game.
0: And we dominate the game.
1: Yeah, I I come from Shanny's point of view. Obviously, Shanny played on a lot of the rock teams. I did, or has been heavily associated with the same rock group I have been all these years. And yep. we never had a draw man, and we won a lot of championships. Les Bartley, he he probably referred to Les Bartley at some point. Just didn't believe in the value of the draw. Um, when all logic would tell you, if you have the ball more, you can score more. You should have more of a chance to win the game. But I do not think it's translated to box lacrosse yet. For whatever reason it seems odd to me because again you know logic would would say if you've got the ball more you're going to score more uh one but one goal was a direct one goal the jameson goal was a direct right quick off the face 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 off other than that um you know they did they generated more offense opportunities more offensive opportunities but I, You know, uh, there was a year Snyder won a bunch of draws in Philly, would dump the ball to and he had 70-something goals. Yeah. You, you saw the value and the translation was clear, but I feel like if it's not clear and easy to see like that, I don't think the stat translate well.
0: But call me crazy here because you just said something that I, I don't know if it's totally true is that if you win the faceoff, you have the ball more.
1: Well. Do you?
0: Or well, do they you have, had it. They the
1: had it 21 more times. Sorry, 19 more times than we did in that circumstance. So, did we get enough of offensive rebounds to to have the ball more in time of possession? I don't know. I don't think anybody's looked into that. Ultimately, in the faceoff, where there were 23 of them, you know, they won that stat by 19. So they had the ball 19. Because here's
0: my here's my crazy stat here. Nobody's like, not nobody scores a goal, but you know what I mean. Like 30 seconds goes. They get the ball first, then you get it back if they don't score.
1: Yeah, but if they, but get, my they point is, it, if we they get, score, you know I mean? yeah. if they score on so, seven of those opportunities,
0: yes. Yeah, so this is where I go back to is I I really just my my thought is face offs really only matter at certain points in the game. They do help build momentum if you score off those faceoffs for sure, and you, you know, or you can get down and wear down a defense wear down a and a have defense. multiple resets and stuff like that. But I think it's just key points in a game. If you're down by two goals or you're down by a goal in the last minute or whatever, and you've just scored, you need the ball. You know what I mean? When when you need the ball, I feel like faceoffs are really important.
1: But otherwise, I, I just the the thirty second shot clock and how much cha- changes everything because you know if you win the draw you still have to execute whether you're chasing the game or trying to kill a game you know you, you can't go and sit on it for two minutes you, right you give the ball back in 30 seconds to your point ultimately face-off people care a lot about face-offs um <laughs> yeah, you know this is a really deeply rooted issue like but I, I i would we never like i said all i can relate to i mean let's look back who won the championship last year calgary calgary did Draw man, does he jump off the page to you? No, they they didn't have Snyder's brother taking draws, maybe at 48 52%. Go before that. Saskatchewan had Jeremy Thompson for all those years. Pretty good draw man, but doesn't dominate like Baptiste and uh, the kid from Halifax here. Withers. Withers. Uh, And then you go to the Rochester teams. I don't remember them having a dominating draw player. I, I would say in this league, draw dominance has not equated to championships in any manner.
0: All right. I think maybe we can just close the book right there.
1: Yeah. All right. It will take somebody dominating a draws and winning a championship probably to change mindset because you saw what The Rock did. They just put everybody back, squared up for defensive possession, took the ball back, and went down and did there. But I, there were circumstances where you can remember it vividly. Iannucci example was one. He might might have had 40 goals off the face But, again, <laughs> that wouldn't happen nowadays with preparation. Yeah, like, There's just no way that he would get the ball off a draw. Yeah, And there would be two guys on Snyder. Anyway, the coaching is so well adapted that it makes it pretty hard let's move on
0: okay so moving on to the toronto rock and the buffalo bandits this sunday afternoon three o'clock Scotiabank arena tickets still available torontorockcom slash tickets oddly enough is where you can go to find uh tickets for sunday's game great seats still available like i mentioned so uh last time out these two teams played a great game a couple of weeks ago in buffalo a 10-8 final the bandits come out on top at home One of those goals in the two-goal margin of victory happened to come into an empty net. So a very close game. The Rock, 8-8 in the fourth quarter. Had a chance to take this game. Had some great looks at 8-8 as well. Didn't bury them.
1: What do we expect here from Sunday? Expect a lot of the same. I'm going to just simplify this, not only because I'm in a rush to get out of here, but because I think it's (laughs) the fact of the matter. I'm going to put this down to Rosie and Vino. Yeah. I just think the teams match up extremely well. From what I hear, Buffalo's banged up a bit. We know that Toronto's banged up a bit. I honestly think, and without putting all the pressure in the world on on Rosie, I think this game comes down to whoever plays better out of those two. I think the fans are in for a treat. It'll be a great game. They have some tremendous offensive players to watch. We've touched on Dane Smith and, and Byrne, uh, both fantastic weapons that are tough to defend. And then we've got you know our issues. We've got our guys coming out the front door that are a tough matchup too. The transition on both teams is phenomenal. I suspect straight up the winner of this game is whatever goalie plays better. And I'm not going to bother trying to pick. I have no idea.
0: Well, and just when you say that, because I wanted to point this out because I do enjoy a little bit of statistics entering the fray here once in a while. Nobody, but nobody had noticed. Nick Rose, I know I already mentioned this earlier. The 967 and 809. Matt Vince's numbers this year – his goals against average eleven point nine seven.
1: He had that one atrocious game.
0: Two goals more per game than Rosie, and a points and a seven ninety four save percentage. So, you know
1: he exactly. Stats are stats. Rosie's having a tremendous year. Yeah, Ro- You know, you you put more stock, more value in Rosie if he wins this game. It's just the For way sure. it is because people want to just. You always side with well. I got to go with Vino in this because he's the better of the two goalies you know nick has to prove himself in these games no matter how it plays out if it's a 7-6 game he's got to win it if it's a 13-12 game he's got to win it i think that's a key here and again i don't i don't want to put all this pressure onto him not that he gives a shit what i say but i mean ultimately that's what this game's going to come down to i really do They're just so well matched and, and the power play's got to be going they're going to get their chances buffalo always takes penalties
0: both teams' goal differentials here coming to the game plus eight for for Buffalo and Toronto, but you know you look at things. Toronto's allowed ten less goals. Buffalo scored ten more, so that's how things even up. But the biggest one we'll come back to is the win column. Like you said, and a Toronto Rock win on Sunday means that these two teams will be tied at five and two. And tied in second place in the north with Halifax sitting there at 6-1. And, one and going tied into
1: in the season series, and tied. which most when impor- it comes most, down most to it, that's right. Yes. So, so this is what we always talked about as players. That these in-division games, uh, you got to win these head-to-head matchups. It don't matter what your record is at the end of the year. If you beat everybody head-to-head, 2 out of 3, 2 out of 2, whatever it was, if you could win the matchups, and I believe they have them three times this year, correct me if yep. I'm wrong. So you got to have those two out of three because you know ultimately it's going to come down to some sort of tie break. You're just coming off the taking Halifax, taking one from Halifax, you're 1-0 now there. You know, you go and tie this one with Buffalo. You start to feel good about your season series. You got the one with Rochester already locked in. So I think that's a big focus here. Obviously, they know that in the room. The coaches know that in this room. So I think the fans are in for a treat. I, I like the Buffalo team. I think they're they're built well. They, they're a great team. I think the same of the Rock, so I think this just comes down to between the pipes and I said this is going to be a great game to watch. I look forward to seeing it when I get a chance.
0: You know, the Rock right now 3-1 and one within the division uh, like you said, and the, re- the not the rematch, game 3 of the season series will be Friday March 13th in Toronto as well, so um it's all playing out very nicely, storyline-wise. Story. We haven't
1: heard a storyline in a while here. You know, but look at, look at the, the flip side of this. They lose this game. Uh, you know, not only do they drop another two games behind the Bandits and they're still chasing Halifax – but you now they don't they have. It might that as seat. well be three games. There behind. you go. Yeah. So yeah. the importance of these matchups again, they're not. It's not lost on anybody involved in this. It's, yeah, it's not lost on the bandits either. Who I'm sure are a little perturbed by having to go to Vancouver Friday, travel <laughs> and come to a matinee on Sunday. I imagine you'll hear a lot of that from the bandit group uh, come Sunday. Uh, but they'll be focused. They'll be ready. Like I said, they're well coached. They they know what's up. They're uh, they're a championship caliber team too. So. Get out there, watch the game, have some fun, and go rock, go. All right. And don't forget,
0: uh, after the game, um, Colin is actually going to try and get from the track to Scotiabank Arena because it's autograph day on Sunday. It was Colin's favorite day. Always my favorite. favorite. Of Always, year. My
1: favorite. <laughs> Always my favorite. We can't dwell on that enough. Autograph day, eh?
0: Autograph day, Sunday afternoon afterwards. So you don't, it doesn't turn into that late of a night. So everybody's still kind of home at a, a decent time. Sure. And yeah.
1: Hey. I'm not here to beef on that anymore. I'm done with this stuff. I'm <laughs> out of here. Uh, we'll get this done earlier. I hope we have a great Rock victory to break down um, next week, and I look forward to speaking to you all again then. I'm out.
0: All right, so make sure you get your tickets for Sunday's game, torontorock.com slash tickets. Colin literally is out. he's taking off his headphones and one foot out the door. So in the meantime, in between time for Colin Doyle, I am Mike Hancock saying <laughs> we will chat next week.